This is Eric Nevlin, and you are listening to the Fulham Focus podcast. Hello, yes, it was an absolutely stunning night for Fulham in Lancashire this evening as an emphatic 7-0 win at Ewood Park cemented our place in second. With two goals from Niskan's Cabano, one from Mitro, two from Harry Wilson and two from Rodrigo Muniz to see off Blackburn Rovers in style in their heaviest ever home defeat. I've got Baldo and Dylan with me for this instant reaction. We'll also look ahead to Saturday's away trip for Peterborough as well. Seventh heaven... My name is Matt Boisclair, and this is your Fulham Focus Podcast. Fulham. All right, lads. Well, um, that was a bit of a shock, wasn't it? I didn't see that coming, coupled with the fact that Bournemouth lost at home as well. Let's get your immediate thoughts. Baldo, I'll come to you first, because I know that you are a big fan of Harry Wilson, who knocked a brace in tonight. I'll be honest, I am still trying to just recover from it. I know it's it's only, you know, a win in November, but even so, I'm just speechless over the whole thing, which is probably isn't a good thing when you're about to do a podcast or something, <laughs> but I'm just absolutely blown away. Like, yeah, you're confident going into games based on what we've done in previous weeks. But never do you, in any sort of circumstances, never do you think that you're going to be able to come away, away from home and win 7-0. I mean, just all round team, it, I'm just stunned. Just just completely stunned. I don't, you never think you're going to go anywhere and win 7-0, home or away. I don't remember the last time we won 7-0. It's just absolutely ridiculous. And what's interesting about this game, Dylan, as well, is that all of the fuss that we've made in the last few weeks about Mitro scoring, he only got one of the goals. The other six were scored by other players. Yeah, but I think that's a, that's really healthy, to be fair. I mean, 7-0 yeah. win and our top scorer by a long, long way has only contributed one of the goals. He did get two assists, but um, no, it's really great to see the whole team sort of chipping in. And I'm yeah, I'm the same as Baldo, to be fair, just completely, completely shell-shocked by that result. I mean, did not see it coming. I thought it would be difficult, but... It was just far from it. But we never seemed to sort of hit first gear as well. We weren't playing our best football and we still won 7-0. It's completely bonkers. I mean, I'm used to us sort of being on the other end of those sorts of scorelines. Yeah. My my dad texted me before the game and said, this is a potential banana skin. And I, I agreed with him. I thought, tricky midweek match in November, up north against a team who have only lost one at home all season. Ben Breris and Diaz banging in the goals for them as well. I thought, you know, I could see us coming away and, and, and losing this 2-0 two, two or something. But never in any doubt from the first whistle, was it really? No, no. It was just, yeah. From the first whistle, we just sort of looked like we are in sort of cruise control, really. And the first goal went in Cabano after five, six minutes. And then Mitrovic soon after that to sort of double the lead. And from there on in, it was just plain sailing. Absolutely amazing stuff. I think it'll take a while for me to sort of process the results fully, if I'm honest. Mm. Well, as I said, to to the audience, for the purpose of the audience, we are recording right at the end of the game, right at the final whistle. So we we are still trying to get our head around everything. But it, it's 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 good as well that we were missing Tosin, but Michael Hector came in. 
all right, he kicked the ball out of play with his first touch, I think. But other than that, he did a he did a pretty good job, and we we didn't really miss Tosin at all, did we? Baldo, how, how do you think he did in that full and back line? I mean, he wasn't overly busy, was he? Yeah, I, th- I think you just said he wasn't overly busy. I think it was no, it was the perfect it was the perfect game for him. You know, what was the, he hasn't played for us since December two thousand twenty or something like. I can't they read the stat on, on the on the uh, on the game by camera, but it's been a long time. And if you want him to get back up to match fitness, I mean, it's it's probably not how you envision it, but it's the perfect way to do it in a game yeah, where he is, he doesn't have to do much, but he can still get 90 minutes under his belt. You know, passing a little bit off is probably an understatement, but yeah, we can we can uh, knock that into him with with more playing time. So yeah, in in the in in the best possible way, it was it was absolutely perfect game for him. And I'm going to come on to the attacking. Obviously, we're going to go through the goals, but just just a word on that defence, Dylan, because that's that's four clean sheets in a row now. And as I said, with Bournemouth losing, we're two points behind Scotty Parker's Bournemouth. We're coming for them, aren't we? We are. We are coming for them. It's so it's so nice to see us being successful at both ends of the pitch, and definitely with a scoreline like this, the defensive work, like the clean sheet, will go sort of unnoticed. But since Rodak came back into the side, he's he's looked so impressive, and it's just been. He seems just more assured than Gazaniga has ever looked in a Fulham shirt. I mean, I know Gazaniga's never really been first choice at any club, which has sort of impacted that. But Rodak, so impressive. The full-backs, uh, Robinson and and uh, Adoy, amazing again tonight. Tim Ream, as cool, calm and collected as always. And then Michael Hector looked like he just stepped straight back in there. I mean, one of his first games for Fulham when he initially burst on burst into our team was, like, it was Blackburn away last time when Mitrovic scored. But yeah, he looked just as good tonight, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, it's good to have him back. And if he if he can stay in form, then he's only just going to keep those those first choice centre halves on their toes, isn't he? So it's it's, it's such a good thing. Let, let's come on to the uh, the attacking then. Uh, it took us just six minutes to take the lead. There was superb work from Bobby Reed down the right. Did really well to wriggle his way through, squared the ball back, and Nisan Scabano kind of checked his run a little bit and. Just finished really well for his second of the season, Baldo. It's it's a really good, well worked goal, wasn't it? It was, and I think you know it started. It started, you know, from the very first pass. You know, Seri with his ball out, you know, with his ball out wide. And I just want to say on on Bobby Reed, there was something about it when I was looking back on it. There was a touch of the Mohammed Salah about it. You know, he's been going through this. <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not making a direct comparison before anyone gets on that. But with the way what he's done recently with jinking in between defenders and sort of thing, there was a touch of that from Bobby Reed. You know, he shrugged off his defender, bit of skill, bit of strength, then put it into the put it into the box and Cabado. Cabana was there to finish, so yeah, great finish from Cabana. But it is one of those all praise, all praise, and all credit on that one has to go to Bobby Reed for for the way he set it all up. Yeah, superb stuff. It's always good to see Neesons get on the score sheet, but just, just tonight, I, I thought he had a very good game. Twelve minutes later, it's Mitro again for two 0 Dylan, what a man! What a man. I don't think I'd get bored of saying it, to be fair. What is it now? 19 in, in 16 is absolutely <laughs> unbelievable. I think, I'm going to say it, my favourite sort of Fulham out-and-out striker that I've seen since I've been a fan, and that's, what, nearly 15 years now. He's just a joke of a player. He's, he's too good for this level, and I'm just I'm just absolutely delighted he's ours. I mean, it was a great header today, and it's proving that he can sort of score all types of goals. You've got that half 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 turn against QPR, the three against West Brom. 
He's so he's just relentless, and it's amazing to see. I, I actually love him. It was it was sheer strength, wasn't it? This goal because that defender just couldn't get past him to head it away. He's just risen up above him. As soon as he's left his head, it's in the back of the net. Yeah, I just I just knew as soon as he went up, I knew that it was ending up in the net. And yeah, yeah, he he proved me right again. What, Gets what in there, it's um, it's rare, isn't it, that when when Fulham get a win or a big win, that it's it's not Mitro taking the headlines. But it's not really tonight. He, he got one goal, but you know there there were three uh, three other players that got two goals each. So um, just incredible stuff. Um, the Van Heck red card. I, I mean, for me, it was a, a blatant red card. As soon as he as soon as he went flying in, uh, I said red card, and it was neck height tackle on the halfway line. Great little uh, ball from Jean-Michel Serry to, to put Wilson in over the top before before he was taken out. Possibly a handball from Harrison Reed in the build at their ball day. What, what did you make of it? Um, I, I I didn't I didn't think it was a handball uh, in all in all honesty. Um, just the the way the way it all happened, the speed of it, how close it was. I I don't think you can get a red, I don't not yet red card. You can't give handball for that. Um, but on the red card, yeah, I I thought yeah, it's pretty blatant. You know, when I when I first when I first saw it because I was uh, texting into the uh, group chat when it first happened. So it was one of the all oh, red cards. So I have to quickly look up on the screen. And when the replay comes through, I'm thinking, is it slightly Harry Wilson's bending his? But then the more you go through, you think. Yeah, you, yeah, it's 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 a definite red card, and you know that probably, you know, it's pretty obvious, but that probably did change the game because you think at two 0 given the way we have been recently, you know, we are still susceptible to um, the odd the odd goal. You know, you look at the Coventry, you know, even Nottingham Forest. If Lewis Graben puts a chance in, you know, thirty seconds after the after the restart, then yeah. it may be a different game. So there is always the there is always the threat there, but once that goes in. You know that's game over because at two 0 down to ten men, Blackburn Rovers—they're not—they're not going to be able to do anything. So that was pretty much game over at that point. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Harrison Reed almost scored his first Fulham goal against a side he was on loan with a few seasons ago, but his deflected effort was well saved by the Blackburn keeper right on half time. The Blackburn keeper then did really well to keep out a Mitro shot, but it could have been four 0 and out of sight by half time, couldn't it? Yeah, it was it was really sort of plain sailing after that red card. I mean, two 0 up, and then it looked like it was only going to get worse from there on in. Four back, then obviously the red card just sort of it did change it completely. I mean, you know, at two 0 there's still always a chance that you can get back in it, but with ten men, it's just a completely different proposition. I mean, yeah, the only thing is you just you would not have seen another five goals coming in the second half. You'd, you'd have had to be bonkers to predict that. <laughs> Uh, you say that, but a good friend of mine at two nil down put a bet on for seven nil. I need to take tips off your friend. Yeah, yeah, ridiculous, ridiculous prediction. But there you go. Anyway, um, uh, Harry Wilson almost caught the keeper out with an, out- an outrageous lob from the halfway line right after half time. But it wasn't long until he got his his goal though. Come on, Baldo, talk to me about it. This time set up by that man Mitro, turning assist. Yeah, it was um, you know pretty good play from Mitrovic because I again I've watched the goals back. It's one of the two goals. I'm assuming I'm getting this one right, but it's the ball at the edge of the area. He sort of takes a shot and just the presence of mind in that space to spot Harry Wilson wide out there, just to be able just to be able to see him. And we know what Harry Wilson can do on his left foot, and you know to give him the ball in that position. Once he cuts in, yeah, 
there's there's only one place that's going to go, especially in that position, straight uh, straight in the net. I am slightly annoyed that he didn't um, manage to get the one from the halfway line because that mm. would have been a that would that would have been the talking. I, I know. So yeah, exactly. yeah. So did everyone. Um, so yeah, that would have been great. But to get the goal that he did get, you know, a couple of minutes later, no, is just as good. Well, not just That's as good because the goal wasn't just as grand, but in the in the grand scheme of things. Well, he he said uh, at the weekend, didn't he, that at the moment he can't he can't hit a, a barn door. So that was a fantastic finish, and then goal Dylan was probably even a better finish, wasn't it? Yeah, they're both both great finishes, both sort of trademark finishes for Wilson. Uh, this is fourth and fifth goals of the season, so it's yeah, it's really great to see him sort of. Starting to pay back the the transfer fee, I think he's worth he's been worth every single penny of the twelve million we paid for him this summer. I I think he's sort of he's sort of similar to Mitrovic in the sense that he's he's a cut above the championship. I, I think he is anyway. Just his technical ability is so so good, and um, yeah, well, I saw that attempt at the start of the first half, and I thought he'd been watching the Welsh rugby over the weekend. Didn't quite see how far <laughs> the keeper was off his line, but. Uh, yeah, that would have been a magical hat-trick for him. Well, uh, Wilson's effort to lob the keeper was a bit better than Mitrovic's effort in the well, the first couple of minutes, wasn't it? He saw the keeper off his line and he didn't quite catch it. Um, but we can probably forgive Mitrovic for that one, can't we? Um, I think uh, I've got it in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what are we up to now? Is that is that 4-0? Yeah, that's, that's 4-0, isn't it? I'm losing count. There's so many bloody goals. Um, after that fourth goal, Jean-Michel Serri came off for Tom Kearney. And then Mitro came off for Rodrigo Muniz with 25 minutes ago. Obviously, Marco Silva had one eye on Saturday's trip to Peterborough. Then Fabio Carvalho came on for Bobby Reed with 18 minutes left. All sensible substitutions. We should probably just mention at this point or chat at this point about Fabio Carvalho. Um, there's been talk that he's turned down a contract offer and we weren't sure whether or not he'd be in the match day squad. I mean... The game was already well and truly won by the time he came on. And all he did when he did come on was hit the side netting quite late on. Um, but do you see him still being heavily involved in the squad if he doesn't sign that contract? I I think he will be. And in all honesty, I would quite like him to be. Because yeah. whilst he's still our player, he can still be of some use to us. Now, if he, for instance, is sold in January, if we want to, you know, if the situation plays out that he's definitely not going to sign and we right, we've got to get something for him, then play him up until January. If he can get a goal or two, then it'll bump up the value and you know sell him on. And if we're going to run, if we're going to run, if he's going to run the contract down and say, right, I'm going to have my pick of everyone in the summer, then by all means carry on because you know there is the argument to be made. I've made it in the group, so not everyone agrees with me, but I've made the argument that if he plays a role in getting us promoted, you know, say he scores a couple of match winners here or there, then you can make the argument that he would have paid off his transfer fee in the £100 million that we will get to being in the Premier League. So I think so long as he's still with us, you play him and get, you know, wringle as much out of him as you can. And then maybe, you know, we might convince him to stay further along the line if we think it's Premier League football. But that's a long shot. But whilst we have him, you play him. I might must just add here, these are rumours that we've seen on social media. Um, by I guess credible source, one of the journalists on um, on on Twitter posted on what day are we on today? I posted on post posted on Tuesday that he understands that uh, Fulham made a contract offer, it was turned down, and won't make another one. But for me, if 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 Fabio Carvalho doesn't sign for Fulham, 
he's a plonker because this is a great club to be at for somebody like him at the moment. We're playing unbelievable attacking football, which just suits his game to the ground. And if he signs for, let's say, Real Madrid, Liverpool, Manchester United, whoever, one of the bigger sides, he's not going to get in their first team. So we might just as well play for a team like us who's competing for something at a credible level. What do you reckon, Dylan? Yeah, it's it's a difficult one, isn't it? I mean, I think this is the best time to be at Fulham that it's been for maybe, well, since probably the Europa League run, I'd go as far as saying that. Hmm. Um, But yeah, it's it's difficult because if I was in his shoes and somebody like a Liverpool or Real Madrid came in, I don't know what I'd do. It's it's a difficult situation. You can't really really judge it because you're not in their shoes. I know he's not going to start for a team of that calibre. If they came in, it's... It's sort of, you know, it's sort of too good to turn down, I'd say. But, I mean, I hope he stays. I really want him to do well for us. But yeah. if his head's turned, there's obviously nothing we can do to, to change that. It's just a shame to see another one let slip. Exactly. It's the Harvey Elliott situation all over again, isn't it? You invest all that time and, and money into the youth to, into the youth setup, And then before they sign a professional contract, they they walk away and all you're getting is compensation rather than a a decent transfer fee. So we'll have to wait and see how this one plays out. But in the meantime, keep him in the team, keep him in and around the squad because he's a fantastic player and he can only uh, bolster our attack, really. Our our very, very good attack. Um, And let's come back onto that now. Where are we up to? Um, we're 4-0 up, aren't we? So, Cabano made it five before Muniz made it six. Baldo and then Dylan, talk me through the goals. Yeah, I, um, I, I think I'll, I think I'll take the lead on, I'll, I'll take the lead on the, no, I'll take the lead on the, on the Cabano one scenes next chronologically. Um, brilliant, uh, bit of skill in the box to turn. I think it was to turn away from, uh, Teo Edan, our, uh, our former academy product. Um, nice bit of skill in the box and, um, and, and a decent finish as well, and yeah, it's good to see him amongst the goals as you mentioned because it's more for the you know the strength of depth and everything like that. You know, should Mitrovic, you know, say he probably won't, but should Mitrovic go through a bad patch, then we know that we've got we can get goals in from out wide. You know, the more the more players that are scoring, you know, the better. Um, Munez uh, to what what would you call centre forward finishes? You know, you know if Mitro scores them. They're typical Mitro finishes if we if we want to describe them. Um and good to see him, you know, uh add to his add to his tally of the season. And again, it just exactly what I said about Cavano. Should Mitro, you know, get injured or suspended at some point, you know, the more he gets used to being in the championship, um, then you know, with a performance like this, then it can only be bene- it can only be more beneficial to us. So, you know, credit to Marco Silva for making this, you know. Making the the uh, substitution not only for doing it, but at the time he did it, you know, to get as much out of him as he could. Yeah, no, um, I'm really pleased to see Munich score twice. That's, I think there, that's he's up to three goals for us now, and he's only he's only a bit younger than me. I think he's, he's May 2001. So yeah, really, really great to see him sort of coming into his own a bit. I've always thought he was a he's a bit he's still a bit raw. I think he's got plenty of potential left to offer. And then Cabano as well, his second goal of the night. It always makes me happy to see him score. I think he's a he's a great player and he's one that the sort of stats have always not not looked too kindly upon, if you know what I mean. He's never sort of had the goals and assists to reflect his sort of true value to the team, I'd say. 
Yeah. Can I just say raw? Sorry, sorry. Can I just say raw with plenty of potential? We use that to describe Abubakar Kamara a lot during his early days. <laughs> yeah. So let's yeah. Not go we, down we that did. Road. We did. Yeah, we have we have used those words to describe Abubakar Kamara, but I'm 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 confident this will be a different case. Can I just say, if we're mentioning Abubakar Kamara, I've used many words to describe Abubakar Kamara, but raw with plenty of potential were never any of the words that I use. <laughs> um, let's that, let's was, come on that, to. Yeah, that could have been referring to his fashion sense. Could have been. Yeah, could have been. Um, I want to talk a bit more about the the Fulham attack because something that Danny posted into into the team chat earlier grabbed my attention, which was that. When somebody like Mitrovic is absolutely firing on all cylinders, as he has been for the last, well, all season, really, defenders tend to try and crowd him out and, and mark him more. But in gravitating towards Mitrovic, you're then leaving the likes of Wilson, Cabano, Bobby Reed, Carvalho, all the other players that, that we've got who can do a lot of damage going forward as well, just on their own. And you, you just get, giving players like that time and space at this level is just... It's, it's suicide, really, isn't it? Yeah. Which is why a, we're so strong. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a joke, to be fair. I mean, Mitrovic has scored 19 goals this season in the Championship now. Rightly, he'll get most of the plaudits. But as a team, we've scored 43. So he's not even half of the goals we've scored. Yet he's still the one that defenders are just concentrating on all the time. And that's saying the likes of Wilson, Cabano, Bobby Reed just run rings around the rest of them and it's it's well it's paying off for us so I'm not going to complain but you'd think that sort of teams might start to take notice of it too that it's not just Mitrovic capable of providing a threat in our team it's not we're not a one-trick pony by any stretch of the imagination. Baldo you love a stat I think you posted something earlier um, which which Sky showed um, was it that Dylan's just said we've got 43 goals now this season and and the next Highest scorers in the championship had something like twenty-seven or something. Yeah, is that right? yeah, th- yeah, th- yeah. This was during it was during the game. I think it was when we were on forty, so it would have been when we were four 0 up. But I just say, uh, just look at the graphic. You know, uh, top scorers in the championship this season again at this time. I don't know whether or not Bournemouth or QPR added since then, but yeah, at that point we were on forty and Bournemouth and QPR were on twenty-seven. And you just think that gulf of a difference is just taking the piss in this in this thing in a, in a, in a good way, obviously, but. You see, there's how dominant have we been? And yet, for some reason, we're still not top of the league. Exactly. It's probably is probably a credit to Bournemouth. You know, they've only conceded again going into the game, I think it was eight goals. So, you know, you have to credit Scott Parker defensively for what he's done. But just go uh, going forward, it's un it's unbelievable just how far above the rest of the league we are. Yeah. And and I think that will show over the course of the season. I keep saying it as well, but I know I know Bournemouth have been up at the top of the league for a while now. But they've lost tonight. They've lost at home to Preston. The we'll the, we'll see the strength and character in that Bournemouth side now. Now that they've lost, and um, I'm not sure who they've got the weekend. I'll check in a second once I finish speaking. But then they've got the international break, and then they've got us coming up soon. So I think oh, I don't. I, I don't want to make bold predictions, but I'm going to. I think we'll be top and clear by Christmas. I really do. And that's just because we're far superior to anyone in this league. I don't know how we lost to Blackpool. I don't know how we managed that shit performance. And I don't know what happened at Coventry. I still don't know what happened there. But I think we've learnt lessons. And to have come out after that international break, after that Coventry game, and have won every single game, 
and barely conceded a goal. Superb. Kudos to Marco Silva. Kudos to the team. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's completely brilliant. I mean, I think this is, this is, I've said it already this show, but I think this is up there in sort of terms of 2010 and sort of the, the best time to be a Fulham fan since I've been a Fulham fan. And yeah, I think I'm going to say we'll be top of Christmas as well. I, I don't know if that's just the heat of the moment, but um, Bournemouth got Swansea this weekend. So there's potential for a slip up there. Um, and then obviously we've got to play them on a Friday night under the lights at the cottage before Christmas, which should be a cracker and hopefully another three points. So I'm just, I'm, I am very, very confident at the moment. So I don't want to make any naive predictions, but I'd, I'd love to think we'd be top of Christmas as well. But you, you do never know in this league. But the defeats that we have had this season, Coventry was a bit of a, you can't really explain that one. Um, Blackpool, by all, all accounts, was, was a poor performance. But then again, we, ne- we didn't look too, too bad. And then Reading was just a, a sort of algorithm as well, like, a lot of chances, but just wouldn't go in for us. So yeah, I'd say the signs are extreme. The signs are extremely positive, and just looking forward to seeing what the future holds. I mean, even if we're not top of Christmas, we're going to be in and around the, the top two anyway, aren't we? So we'll be top by Christmas. Don't worry about that. Um, Swansea, Swansea won at Coventry the other night as well. So um, that was, that must have been Coventry's first home defeat of the season. And Swansea. Uh, uh, creeping up, aren't they? They're they're doing quite well this season. They are oh, actually well, they're eleventh at the moment, but they've had a couple of couple of good results recently, and they 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 play good possession football, so they're creeping up. So, um, wouldn't surprise me if uh, if they gave Bournemouth some problems at the weekend, or maybe those two sides are just cancel each other out because they both love a bit of possession, don't they? So, um, anyway, let's just round this one off. Um, it feels like we zipped through seven goals in about twenty minutes there. We've rushed through it. We haven't really talked about much else other than the goals, which is fine because uh, when when you're when you're doing a podcast and you score seven goals, then all you're going to talk about is is the goals. Otherwise, we'll be here all night. Um, but who was your man of the match, Dylan? Um, I'm going to have to agree with Sky on this one. I'd give it to Harry Wilson. To be fair, I just thought he was amazing. Two very good finishes, and he just he just looks so comfortable at this level. I mean. Obviously, a shout out for to Mitrovic again. Another goal, but also two assists, which uh, which go under the radar. But yeah, so when you win seven nil, picking someone who's played a lot better than everyone else is fairly impossible unless they've scored all seven. Hmm. Yeah, but I'd go Wilson would be my pick. Yeah, I, I think I'd agree with you, and I'm not suggesting that he's man of the match, but another shout out really to to Muniz for for his two very good finishes, um, and. I don't think he's he's going to get a start at the weekend. It's impossible not to start uh, Mitrovic, isn't it? The form he's in. But he's definitely giving Marco Silva something to think about with those finishes. You know, yeah, so it's a positive headache to have. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it must be, must be nice. must be nice, though. You can take off the Championship's top scorer by a mile and a half and replace him with somebody who's just scored two goals in 10 minutes. So. Yeah, exactly. What, what a amazing. amazing, amazing. Baldo, man of the match for you, mate. Marek Rodak, why not? Kept a clean sheet, can't ask for any more. Um, nah, making a, make a clean sweep is gonna it's gonna have to be Harry Wilson. Just again, it's it's hard to sort of when it's seven nil, it's hard to really put someone, especially when Cabano also got two goals. So it's hard to really separate the two. But Harry Wilson, just because um, uh, just 
just because. Mainly because he gave us that beautiful moment of nearly scoring from the halfway line. So why not give him just for that? <laughs> All right, lads. Well, let's come on to that Peterborough game on Saturday then. Firstly, it's our first Saturday 3pm game in seven matches. The last one was the away game at Bristol City. And would you believe that we've only been in the same division as Peterborough for one season prior to this one in our entire history, that being the 91-92 season, where we actually lost both matches in Division 3? In fact, we've only played them 13 times in total, winning just three and losing seven of those games. It's it's a weird stat, isn't it, how we managed to avoid a team that you know has, has been a league side for as long as Peterborough have. Yeah, well, the signs aren't great when you consider we've We've already lost to both other promoted sides away from home this season. But yeah, it's one like Coventry. We just have we just seem to not have played them for ages, despite being on the same circuit for donkeys years now. But yeah, this time I'm confident. I'm confident we'll get a result, and surely, surely after winning seven nil away. But then again, it would be it would be very Fulham like to uh, to go and sort of lose yeah. this next one, wouldn't it? It could be potentially after the Lord Mayor's show, couldn't it? But I think we just need to have faith in the way we're playing and and, and confidence in the in the fact that we are one of the best teams in this division. And absolutely, that, yeah. If you can't get behind them after a seven nil win, you'll never get behind Fulham again. I don't think it's, there's going to be a good old following of Fulham up there as well. I've, I've never been to Peterborough, um, the the place or the football ground. Or should I say the football ground or the place? Um, but um, uh, but yeah, I think there's at least two and a half thousand of us up there. Um, so I think there's a lot of people in the same boat as me. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a good one. I, I haven't got a ticket yet, but I'm thinking if there's any sort of left in that last little section, then I might yeah. have to uh, have a word with my bank account and uh, see what <laughs> I can do to get myself up there after that performance. Baldo, there were rumours that you were going to be travelling up as well. Are those rumours quashed? Uh, they have been quashed. Sadly, I've been uh, called on to uh, report on the Saracens London Irish rugby game. By the way, what's even worse is it was payday, so I could definitely have been able to afford it. So, so yeah, it's going to be it's going to be my last um, yeah my last thing for what could potentially be a couple of months. Cause I'm off I'm off to the states on on Monday, yeah. so it would have been the last Fulham game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, get a Dr. Co- got to uh, get a Dr. Pepper out the cooler, put it on my tab, that sort of thing. <laughs> That's a niche reference, and if anyone gets that, I applaud you. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it would have been my fi- well, final Fulham game for a while, but yeah, work has called upon me instead, so I can't do that. But I'm sure it's going to be a great away day. Yeah, as you said, two and a half thousand, and if we can get the result to match it, then you know, all the better. Well, if your last away day before you disappear off for a couple of months is, is Forest away, a 4 0 win, then that ain't bad, is it? So. Um, Peterborough have only lost twice at home all season, but with only four wins to their name, they're sitting just above the bottom three at the moment. Darren Ferguson is in his third spell in charge at London Road. This time he's been there since January 2019. Do you guys see him keeping them in the championship this season? For me, I feel like there's too many teams with uh, kind of um, points deductions and, and and just worse teams and then this season, really. I, I, I fancy him to stay up. What do you guys think? Yeah, I was going to say the same. I think, you know, Derby have had that deduction, which they've sort of recovered from already, as in they're in the positive points again, at least now. And then Reading have won on the way, apparently, um, if you can believe what you read on Twitter. Um, so I think that may be enough to keep them up. And they've also, they have showed some good signs this season. Um, don't think they'll do anything special, but I don't think they'll be going down in May either. I'd have to say. I don't know what you think, Bordeaux. No, I, I, I honestly, th- I honestly think they will. I just think 
I think there are enough teams, you know, just looking at the championship table right now and who's below them. Derby, I think, even with the points deduction, I think there's enough for them to, you know, at least get out of it. Um, Barnsley, I think they will once they get the new magic. Cardiff won't be this bad for us this season. They look at even Reading with that. I think there's enough. I I just think there'll be too many good. I think there'll be too many good teams for them. Um, yeah, to be in one of the three worst, I think that probably you know Peterborough will will be included in one of them personally. You think they'll go down? I do. Yeah. I think the, the thing with Derby though is that they're in administration and they're going to have to start selling off their assets, aren't they? So there's there's going to be players that uh, that could just disappear off in January and they could end up just having to play the kids for the second half of the season. That, that's the worry for Derby for me anyway. No one cares. Yeah, no one yeah, cares. yeah, yeah. I'd say they've already got quite a youthful squad as it is. You know, they they had, what, five players in July and um, Wayne Rooney's still a relatively inexperienced manager. So I, it's a bit it's a bit of a wild card to be fair. I can't say what's going to happen to them, and especially in this league. It's so unpredictable as it is. Yeah. Anything could happen, but I, I think it'd be Derby, Reading with this new deduction, and then mm. one of the others off the top of my head, maybe Barnsley. They they haven't looked too great this season. Obviously, just sacked their manager the other day as well. They have, yeah. If Derby stay up, it would be an amazing achievement. But um, I'm, I'm all for the uh, the small fry clubs, and I do include Peterborough in that kind of bracket. You know, little club who haven't, haven't been in the championship for a while, and I'm all for them staying up. So good luck to them. Just not this weekend. Um, Stricky Dembele is a striker that we've been linked with in the past, but perhaps Peterborough's inconsistent form this season is partly down to the fact that he's struggled to find the net so far. He's managed just four goals in 15 appearances for the Posh this season, but then he was hardly prolific last season in their promotion season as he scored 11 goals in 42 games. Um, they finished second last season, but he still remains a player who's spoken about in high regard. Is he a player that you'd be interested in? Do you know anything about him? I'm just, I've, I've never seen him play. I'll be honest with you. I'm not somebody who sits around watching uh, League One football, but I, I just know he had a good reputation and that we were linked with him in uh, in January. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard a few good things about him. I've never actually watched a full 90 minutes of him playing, um, but I know that we were linked with him in January, which is always a bit of a concern when you're a Premier League club being linked with a League One forward to come and save your season. Um, I know, I know his um, his little brother Karam- is Karamoko Dembele, the Celtic player who was. He's, I think, he's still ridiculously young to be fair, but there's obviously good footballing genes in the family, and you just wonder whether if we did sign him, would it be a hat trick of uh, successful Dembele signings for Fulham? Yeah, I think that would be the only real sort of novelty of it was would have um, would be to have three Dembele's of her. Again, I've not. I've again, he's just someone that just pops up during the transfer window. This is where you need J Mac because he was one of the uh, okay. uh, J Mac is one of the fanboys. Well, he fanboys over many uh, uh, players, mainly Jared Bowen. Jared, um, Jared, but yeah, he's one of the players that J Mac has taken a fancy to. Um, but yeah, I'll admit, not not. I uh, haven't had a chance to really look at him. Uh, maybe he's just struggling with the, you know, the, the move up to the uh, move up to the uh, the championship. Let's just say I'm just glad we haven't gone, you know, because given the choice, it probably would have been something like Dembele or Muniz. And by the sounds of it, we made the right choice. Yeah, quite. I agree with you. All right. Well, let's come on to the lineup. Let's come back to Fulham. Um, do you see us making any changes for the game on Saturday, Dylan? Uh, I can see us making changes, and I think the only reason for that would be that we've played on a Wednesday and then we're going straight to play on a Saturday. But then again, 
confidence is going to be running high after a 7-0 win. So I don't think there'll be fundamental changes being made. I think it might just be one or two in the attacking areas. I'd, I'd, I'd like to see one of Kearney or Carvalho coming to sort of that three behind Mitrovic. But it really remains to be seen what's going to be done. I'm, I'm going to trust Marco Silva. I trust Marco Silva my life now. So I'll <laughs> back whatever team he puts out. But I'd be surprised if there wasn't a couple of changes made just to save legs in the long run, really. Although that yeah, said, it is the international break after. Exactly. Exactly. So, but I don't know. I, I'm, I'm with you. I'd, I'd probably keep the same team. I, I just I don't really like changing a winning formula, but the championship's a funny league, isn't it? And where you are playing three games in a week, players are going to get tired. And when you've got a squad of players, when you've got the likes of Kearney, Carvalho, Kenny Tete, all on the bench, Muniz, potentially, um, then you could use that squad. You uh, And against a team... I was about to say against a team like Peterborough, which would be massively disrespectful, and I'm not going to say that. But we're playing a team who's nearer the bottom than the top, let's say. Um, maybe uh, Marco Silva choose to use the squad. What do you reckon, Baldo? Yeah, I, I, I imagine there will be some change. I, I, can, I, I can see Carvalho getting a, getting a run out because, yeah, even though... As you said, I don't want to see them change a, change a winning formula, but I think that I think there will be. So I've said Carvalho because he was, you know, first choice at the start of the season. He was in and around the team. I think he will go back to that. And I think, as you mentioned, just to get some wrestling player, maybe you know, as you know, to throw a little, you know, throw a favor to the international sides. Maybe you know, Bobby Reed's probably going to be going out on international duty, so give him a rest beforehand. In, put Carvalho in. Tom Kearney's probably not going to be playing, so he can probably get away. Um, with with putting him in there, maybe instead of a uh, John Marcel Seri, uh, have him alongside Harrison Reed. So I think that I think there will be some there will be some changes. I, I can't I can't see it being a, a, a repeated starting eleven. No way. All right. Well, let's come on to a score prediction then. As always, I'm not going to give one. But Dylan, what do you reckon? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep up the. Uh... Keep up the good feeling around Fulham at the moment. I'm going to go for 3 0. I'll go for Mitrovic, two goals, and then a, a Wilson third. Only 3 0? God, that's a bit, bit of a shit result, mm. isn't it? Yeah, it's not great. We've 10 minutes today. Exactly, yeah, we did. Go on, Baldo. Uh, I'm going to go I'm gonna go for another 3 0, and yeah, I'm just going to switch around. I think Wilson's going to get, I think Wilson's going to get two. I think he's going to get his free kick because we've been waiting for that all season. I think this is going to be the week he's going to get it. Um, so 3 0, and then Mitrovic to get the third. That's fun. Can I just remind you, we won 7 0 tonight. Ridiculous. Yeah but, it was a, yeah, but it was against 10 men. You can't really quantify it. Hey, don't really spoil know. the moment. Don't spoil. I've been, waiting, I've been waiting for like 10 years to see us better that QPR result. But yeah, <laughs> oh, it's absolutely incredible. What a night. What a night. All right. Well, that's your lot this time, folks. Baldo, Dylan, thanks very much as always, boys. Thanks to you for listening at home. We'll be back on Monday morning to look back over that Peaceful game. So see you at London Road on Saturday. Come on, you whites. Cheers. Come on, Fulham. See you there. Fulham.